What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What's up, Kyle? How are you doing? Matt, I am doing so well. We, we made it through the snowpocalypse. Well, you made it through the snowpocalypse. We, we made it through our snow. It's, it's warmed up a little bit. And we are now on the other side of things, and we've survived. And well, I have think you ever have you ever like gone into the weekend being like, man, I got it easy. I had finished my <laughs> dissertation. I was ready to just kind of coast. I was I was planning on watching some movies and some old TV shows that I'm kind of behind on. And then I got the message uh, that the guy that was preaching for us, a friend of the pod, Philip Nation, was going to be unable to join us on Sunday. And so I went from here's the remote in my hand, just ready for a laid back day to sermon prep. Yeah. And uh, the upside, I guess, of text driven preaching is I knew exactly where I was going. So I just picked up in verse five of third John and continued on, though I was very tempted to go back in the vault and pull back (laughs) and reheat an old sermon. Uh, But, uh, but so that was my Sunday. It was a good day. Well, it could be worse. I mean, mean, like I said, we, 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 you know, survived the snowpocalypse. Um, Last week when we recorded, we we talked a little bit about, about what Texas was experiencing, which is maybe the only time in our lives that we've been grateful to not be in Texas. Right. And uh, my my brother and sister-in-law in Houston were without power for 86 hours. Wow. That's yeah. a long, that's a long time. That's a long time. Uh, and you know, I don't really like my family that much. And so if <laughs> I was back in the dark with them for 86 hours, somebody's going to be going on the grill. Um, I'm just kidding. We do not endorse cannibalism. On this show. Uh, so Kyle, another question I have for you is, have you ever, we're both youth pastors. So I know the answer to this yes. question. Do you know that person, that youth member of yours that's just saved multiple times? Oh, Goodness. Every, I was, I was going to say every Thursday night at youth camp, but I think I had a couple that every night of every youth camp, they were out that they, they, they were at, they got resafed. Yeah. It was, and, it was uh, great for the numbers, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Until you had to have that conversation with their parents, like, no, I'm not going to baptize them again. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, we have someone on the show today uh, that has been saved by Jesus, not once, but twice. And uh, so we're going to dive right in. First of all, Graham Jackson, you are notorious on social media <laughs> in certain groups, and uh, but you are on the pod today. want to let you know this is recorded. Any, anything you say can and will be used against uh, NAM in the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, so don't lose our sponsorships or our jobs today. Uh, so Graham, you have been warned, but welcome to the show. You have a kiddo and a kiddo on the way. Uh, first, tell us about your family, how y'all are doing in North Carolina. Appreciate it. Yeah, so we're doing good. So uh, 
My, uh, my wife's name is Courtney and, uh, my eldest daughter who is now 19 months is Ivy joy. Um, and our third is not yet named cause we're still fighting over that, but we at least know it's a girl. Yes. Oh, nice. Well, I, I would recommend Matilda. Matilda. Okay. That's a close yeah, one. Or maybe Kylie, you know, if, if you just want to have that, not another Baptist uh, podcast. <laughs> Graham, are you a musician? Are, do you, do you play? Are you, are you a musician? I am. I have played an instrument before. Okay. I would not call myself that qualifies. a musician. That qualifies. Let, let me, let me just throw this out there because I was vetoed on this. Okay. Amanda Lynn, Amanda Lynn. There you go. That was, that was sure. it. Sure. Yeah. That's a close <laughs> one as well. I, 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 there you have it, folks. He committed right here on not another Baptist podcast. <laughs> on that note, we are ending the, the podcast. It can never get any lower. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed a few years of the Baptist podcast, but we're going to finally live up to our name and shut her down. No, uh, Graham. So we've, we've set it up. You've been saved not once, but twice by Jesus. And so why don't you tell us this, the story of how you were, well, just like all of our kids in the youth group at camp. Well, yeah, thank you for setting that up for me. So, uh, so a rather unique story for those uh, out there that don't know, I'm an avid uh, kayak fisherman. And so um, I do it quite often here in North Carolina in all of our rivers and fun places around here to go fishing. And so uh, about, oh gosh, 10, 11 years ago now, um, I, uh, had decided to go out fishing in conditions that I should have never gone in. Um, and so we have a run here called uh, striped bass. They run up our, all of our coastal rivers here. Uh, and so they only come here for a few weeks at a time. They do kind of do a spawning run and then they leave. So we have a short window to actually go target them. A lot of fun, uh, on the fly rod or spin rod. And we just, uh, have a lot of fun uh, chasing them down in kayaks, boats, all, all sorts of things. Anyway, I decided to go out uh, on our uh, local river in my kayak uh, to go get these uh, little fellas because they had just shown up on the on the river. And actually, our local North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission had uh, shown reports uh, that they had actually shocked them up. Um, and shocking up literally means they do a, a shocking um, test in the water. They go out and uh, they throw like electrical lines in the water, shock them, stun the fish, and then uh, they count how many there are in an area and then they estimate how many are coming. So it's a cheap way to fish, uh, but at least they throw those back. Um, but anyway, heard that they were doing that. So I decided to go out. And uh, river conditions that day were um, about 4,500 CFS. Um, and CFS is river nerd talk for cubic feet per second. That's how fast the water's moving, um, which to put that in perspective, um, I tell a lot of folks, think of a, uh, a basketball is about the size of a cubic foot. Um, think of 4,500 of those moving per second. And that's about the idea you have of how fast this water's moving. So anyway, I go out and, um, put my kayak in. I'm doing a little fishing, doing fine. Um, try and still haven't caught anything. So I, I decided to move into some rocks, uh, where I knew the striper would probably hold. Um, and so I got into position, decided to throw my anchor out and it's very fast moving water. So I'm trying to you know, anchor on the eddy here and my anchor doesn't get hung for whatever reason. There's a million rocks in the river. Um, and for whatever reason for this time, it doesn't get hung. So, uh, I'm starting to drift into the current so I try and pull that anchor out. And as soon as I do, it gets snagged on something uh, and immediately jerks the back end of my boat down, which 
at 4,500 CFS immediately knocks me out of my boat uh, and fills it uh, with water. So I have everything that's in my pockets washed out of my, my pockets, everything, my cell phone. Um, only thing I actually was uh, able to hold on to were my keys apparently, which I, I found that out later. Um, thankfully I was able to drive home. Uh, but yeah, knife, uh, was washed out of my pocket, everything. So I couldn't cut the, the anchor rope. So I'm sitting there holding onto my boat. That's still kind of drifting in the current, but it's completely full of water. Um, so I can't really get into it. And so I'm hollering up upstream. I'd seen some, uh, some folks sitting on the banks, um, and they were, uh, fishing as well, but they were smart enough to actually stay out of the river. I was not. Um, and so I'm hollering upstream and it probably was for about 45 minutes that I was, uh, hanging on to my boat and, and hollering. Um, and I'm getting pretty tired and actually found out later I had pulled every muscle in my right shoulder, um, just holding on into the current. So a little sore for at work for a few weeks after this. Um, but still I'm hitting, sitting there, I'm, I'm hollering upstream. I'm getting pretty tired, uh, trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to do. Cause it's been a while and I'm not sure, you know, what I should do. Um, and unbeknownst to me, someone had apparently called the fire department. Uh, but before the fire department got there, all of a sudden, um, an extension cord hits me in the forehead and, uh, just reach out and grab it and look over to, uh, the riverbank. And there's a gentleman who had just thrown an extension cord. He apparently had run back to his truck and grabbed an extension cord. It was the only thing he had no rope or anything. So next best thing is an extension cord. I'm cool with it. Uh, and as I look over and see him, uh, holding on to that, the fire department show up and they all pull me out of the water. So I'm safe and on a rock. And, um, I, uh, look over at the, the gentleman who had thrown the extension cord and I asked him what his name was. And he said, Hey Zeus. So I said, well, thank you. Uh, hey Zeus has saved me twice in my life. <laughs> um, you know, Matt, I, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm not a big, um, outdoorsy guy, meaning like fishermen hunting and all that. Th this, this does not make me want to pursue that because like in all my times of like playing softball or playing golf, I've never had anything like a near death experience. Um, my wife's gotten a couple of concussions playing softball when, and one time just spectating at a softball game. Um, but but nothing like where I was like, you know, I could have legitimate, legitimately died today on the softball field. So, uh, Graham, that, that's a that, that's a heck of a story, man. <laughs> it's a fun one. And, you know, I, I love when people, you know, say that that old idiom, um, you know, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work. <laughs> I like to tell them that story and then ask them that question again. Not necessarily the case. <laughs> now, were, were you already married at this point? I was not, I was dating okay. my wife. No, I'm sorry. I was, I I'm bad at time. Uh, yeah, I was married at this time. So, and, and so how does that conversation go? You know, when you get home and it's like, Hey honey, it was great. Uh, so actually I, I called her uh, again, my cell phone had washed out of my pocket. Um, and, uh, she's at work. It's one of my days off, uh, during the week. Um, and, uh, I give her a call on a policeman's cell phone, um, which ironically is if anybody knows me, it's the only time I've ever ridden in the back of a police car, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, and that was just to get back to my truck. Uh, but give her a call. She doesn't answer the first time. Cause of course it's a random number. So I give her a call a few times and she answers the phone. And I said, first thing I'll say is I'm okay, <laughs> but, <laughs> and I, of course tell her what's going on. Um, and, uh, so now every time I go to the river, she tells me not to die. Uh, and that's how, how those go. 
or how that conversation goes. The, the other thing I thought of as you were talking was the, I guess the benefit of an electrical cord, because obviously we use it to run our uh, Christmas tree lights and all of that kind of stuff. But I really only have bad memories of an electrical cord growing up. So uh, to, to hear it in a positive light, instead of just receiving a electrical cord on the back end, I, I thought was, you know, that, that, that helps me a little bit because I see those little orange things and kind of shudder a little bit. So I'm glad you didn't get whooped by it. I'm, I'm glad I could bring light back into your life with an extension yeah, that's cord. Right. That's right. Well, the, <laughs> we, we, we thought we would share that story. It, I enjoy it. I've heard it a couple of times and uh, I'm glad you survived. Uh, I don't know if everybody says that, but I am glad you survived. And uh, one of the things we wanted to share is you are still on the river and uh, not right at this moment. You're in your house, but uh, you are still on the river. You've got a business now that you've started uh, on the river, taking people out on kayaks, hopefully not with the same result as your trip a few years ago. Uh, but what, what we wanted to share, you're a member of the Summit Church and uh, we were super encouraged a few years ago when JD came on the show and talked about how he ends services, reminding everybody that you are sent. And the one, one of the reasons this kind of ties into something we've been talking about is the idea of walking in the truth. Like we all know that we're supposed to share the the faith. We we know that we're supposed to share the gospel. We all of that kind of stuff. We talked about this last week. How a hundred percent of my people know that every believer is supposed to share their faith, but not 100% of the people are sharing their faith. And so we're not saved just to fill a pew and to fill our heads with knowledge, but ultimately to live it out. And so we just wanted to ask you kind of how are you living on mission through the Noose River Outfitters? Uh, you all, you know, you're wearing your Orvis hat right now uh, with your work there, uh, that as a member of the Summit Church, how you are kind of taking what J.D. encourages at the end of sermons and living that out. Uh, I, I would say Monday through uh, Saturday, but you go to church on Saturday, so Sunday through <laughs> Friday. And uh, so so how are you living on mission uh, in your respective areas? That's a great question. So um, I, I love um, doing what I do um, and I love being able to uh, take people out and keep them on the water uh, and show people um, all the fun things that you can do out on the water. So I try and live in such a way that I, I'm able to have um, conversational uh, evangelism. Um, I'm certainly not the guy who can walk up to a stranger and ask them if they've ever met Jesus. Um, I know some family members who are, and, and they're uh, great folks, and that terrifies me. Uh, but I love to have uh, deep conversations with people. Um, it's kind of a joke in, in uh, well, it's a half joke in, in guiding, is that there's two uh, topics that you're never allowed to talk about on the boat, which one is politics and the second one is religion. Um, the, on my boat, just the politics are banned. Nice. Uh, Kyle, what, what questions you got for Graham? Yeah. So, um, first of all, how did you get into, I, I guess, what was it that led you to start your own outfitting company? Like, was that, was that like a dream you'd had or was it just kind of something you stumbled into? What, what happened? Both actually. Uh, so it was really cool. Uh, turn of events, at least for me. Um, I actually worked uh, several years ago. And at the time when I had my accident, I worked for a previous company called uh, Paddle Creek. Um, 
And so when I worked there, uh, I learned a lot about the business. Um, and that company actually closed in 2019, not for any bad reasons. Uh, I actually knew the guy who owned it really well. He just didn't want to run it anymore. Um, so that kind of just left a gap in the service, um, for uh, me to kind of jump in and, and do that. So in 2020, which was a great year, as we've all learned to start a company, um, I decided to pursue that. And so it, it kind of fell into my lap, but it was uh, always a, a dream of mine to be able to um, to own my own business and, and move forward with what I've been able to accomplish in you know the outdoor industry. Very cool. And uh, we, Kyle and I are obviously pastors. Uh, you, you had some training at, I can't remember... Was it Southeastern? Where, where'd you go to college or, or whatever? Yep. Uh, Southeastern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah. And so you, you have given us the scoop on Todd Unzicker uh, numerous <laughs> times and, uh, and so forth. And so we're grateful for, for that, telling us some of those stories. Uh, but as we begin to, to wind down, uh, you, you've got a, a little one and another on the way. And uh, what are some ways that you're, you're obviously living on mission and the boat? Uh, but also bringing that that home. I know your your schedule is a little bit different since you have your own business and you're winding down your work there at Orvis and going full time with your your work there with your new company. What are some ways that you're being intentional uh, with your kiddo that you already have and, and one on the way? So this week's uh, focus was actually prayer for families of Summit, uh, which was very beneficial for me this week. Um, uh, they said the that our children be saved and parents be sold out for Jesus parent pray for dads and step up, uh, as, as they spiritually lead, uh, and also pray for our students that they be bold and fearless and sharing the gospel. Um, so I really appreciate, um, the things that we're able to focus on, uh, each week in those, uh, and just being able to, uh, keep those in mind as I go throughout my week. It's cool. Kyle, why don't you wind us down with your, your last question for Graham? Yeah. And so uh, most of the guests that we've had on, on the podcast have been pastors or in, in, in vocational ministry of some type. Um, and so you as a quote unquote lay person, I mean, he was in a, if we want to use the word secular profession, um, mm-hmm. living on mission, what, what advice would you have for maybe for pastors who are trying to, you know, get their people to live on mission and then for, for maybe lay persons who are listening to this as well, who really want to, want to make an impact for the kingdom of God in their, in their everyday work? That's another great question. Uh, I would definitely focusing uh, on uh, discipling your folks. Um, that's actually one of the things that when I was at, uh, at seminary, one of the things I focused on the most was uh, discipleship. It's something I, I never really received growing up. I did a lot of, um, you know, church things. And I went to church my entire life, went to centrifuge and world changers and all sorts of things. Um, but never considered myself really discipled until, uh, I really, I started attending at, at summit, um, as I was attending, I started attending summit right after we started, uh, at, uh, seminary, oh, gosh, 14 years ago. Um, so it's been a while. Um, and I just love what we were able to do there, but yeah, focus on discipleship. Um, one of the things that I've always been happy with is, is, um, small group life. Um, 
I've taught a lot in, in small groups. Um, I've been in various, I worked with the um, middle school for a long time um, at summit while I was at uh, seminary and uh, recently have just been uh, working with our own small group here. And actually we're about to meet in about uh, 20 minutes. So <laughs> definitely discipling in that way. Very cool. And I think what is also important to remember is that that doesn't always have to have to happen at the church. You know, a lot of times we feel like, you know, you have to have Sunday school, you know, you're preaching the gospel on Sunday, all of that kind of stuff has to be kind of centered around the church. And with your relationship with Todd and and others at the church, part of that discipleship is going to be on the river as you're going out with folks. I think we talked on our last episode about how some of the discipleship that happens at Mayhill doesn't happen during the Sunday school hour. But it's when I go out and help feed cows and uh, with one of our members and, and talking about life and how to live in a way that you're raising your kids uh, to glorify God and, and leading and loving your wife well, all of that kind of stuff. It, it doesn't have to happen in this super formal format. And uh, there needs to be intentionality behind it, but it doesn't have to be this super rigid uh, format that everything is happening at the church. But as you go, where you go, uh, as a the pastor, you know, what, what I'm hearing you say is we need to be looking for those opportunities to come alongside and lift up and encourage uh, those on their turf. And uh, it, it was it came natural as student pastors. And it seems like once you become a pastor, sometimes you kind of get clustered in that uh, church office and you don't do it as much. When we were student pastors, I know Kyle did this too. You went out and you had lunch at the cafeteria. You did all of that kind of stuff. You went to the football games. And for some reason, like what, once you take that new role, it's easy to, to say, well, that's a youth guy's job. I just need to be working on the sermon and the sermon's important, but also being out with your folks, either grabbing coffee or, or being in their house, that kind of deal is so vital too. And uh, so guys, we hope this was an encouragement to you. If you're a pastor listening to this, look for ways to get on their turf, even if that turf is in the middle of a river. Um, hopefully, you know, not with the same circumstances of 10 years ago or whatever, and find yourself in the water, uh, but safely in a kayak, having fun, fishing and talking life and talking ministry, talking all that kind of stuff with people, be with your people throughout the week. And, uh, and then finally, Graham, uh, uh, I know most of our listeners are all over the country, but there may be some that would be in North Carolina, uh, maybe some that would travel to North Carolina if they want some North Carolina barbecue. Uh, but if they would like to go out on a kayak trip with you, uh, tell us where they can find uh, your business and all of that sort of thing. Absolutely. So the business is called uh, News River Outfitters. You can find us at newsriveroutfitters.com as well as News River Outfitters on Instagram. Nice. Kyle, send us out. Well, Graham, I am grateful, first and foremost, that Jesus saved you. And I'm also grateful that Jesus saved you as well. (laughs) So uh, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless.
What's wrong with you people?